0: You are tuned in with Reverend and Goodwill Ambassador Art Wilson. We started laying hands on people, and the Spirit of God flooded into that place, and God did incredible things. Each week, you are invited behind the scenes to be a part of exclusive and unique topics about world news, biblical finds, and religious events. Here's your host, Art Wilson. We uh, come to you in the name of the Lord. And I know I haven't had to, to talk to this church very much lately with all this virus stuff going on. And Brother Tony's been doing a great job. But there were some thoughts the Lord brought to me that I felt could really help. And when I looked at it, if you look in your Bible on Job 38, 1 through 3, and Job 40, 6 through 8, the Bible says, The Lord spoke unto Job from the whirlwind. Well, I looked up in the dictionary. The whirlwind is a current of air whirling upward, violently upward, a violent or destructive force. Job was in a situation that was beyond his control. And we have this crazy virus thing going on, and we're trying to get hold on it and control it, but it's out of control. But I am so persuaded that God impressed my heart with he likes to talk to us, In situations we can't control that's why he talked to Job twice from the whirlwind and his whole life was in a whirlwind uncontrollable violent winds he lost his ten children his wife didn't understand he had three crazy friends and and that they didn't help him at all and and what what the thing the Lord dealt with me about was that during the whirlwind situation Job began to discover stuff that was inside him that he didn't know was inside him. Because in Job 1 and 2, he was the greatest man in the East, and he had unbelievable possessions, and he eschewed evil, and he loved God. Yet, you can be a servant of God, and when God allows you to get into a chaos, or a storm, or a circumstance beyond your control, don't be surprised when you start thinking things, and saying things, that you were not even aware was alive in you. Because even with all that happened, Job at one times. He cursed the very day that he died, he, uh, that he was born. He, he wished he had never been born, and he, he wished his mother's body would have been his tomb. Now, here's a man that's a great man, a wonderful man, a perfect man who loves God, and yet he got into this whirlwind situation because I am convinced that God chooses storms, chaos, out-of-control circumstances, to bring us to an end in ourselves. When I was talking with Brother Tony a week ago or so, we shared some thoughts together. One of the things that got me was that scripture in James chapter 5, we've seen the long-suffering of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. I'm 75. i preached a lot of places. All my life I have never heard one person ever in the Pentecostal movement anywhere ever preach on the end of the Lord what did James mean when he said we've seen the end of the Lord here's what it is the end of the Lord is the situation or the the fulfillment or the conclusion or the climax that God had in mind when he started to let the storm and the issue and the whirlwind go crazy and it wasn't until Job gets to chapter 41 and 2 that he finally turns around and says, I have spoken about things that I didn't understand. I have, I have, I'm paraphrasing, I have run my mouth off, and I was wrong, and I was speaking without knowledge, and I abhor myself, and I repent in sackcloth and ashes, and I put my hand over my mouth. When he did that, he reached the end of himself, And he reached the end of the Lord. Because that was the end that the Lord wanted to get him to. That there was stuff in him that had to come out of him. But it would take the storm, the uncontrollable situation, to bring it to the top. As long as you and I can take care of stuff and we're being blessed and we got enough nickels and dimes to pay our way, fine. But you you let God let a bunch of hell and chaos and crisis grab a hold of us. That thing will press us. And when it presses us, stuff will come out of us that we never even realized was in us. If I can give the people of God a little encouragement here. I know we're in a chaotic thing with this virus. I understand that. But remember, the Lord shall be the hope of his people. And God has not, oh, I love this. God has not diminished his affection or his allegiance or his love to us because we're in a situation that's dumbfounding us, that's driving us crazy, that's making people sick, that's people are dying by the thousands. God has not altered his opinion towards us. He loves us, he's value, he values us. But remember, he is in charge of the situation. When Nebuchadnezzar stood up that day and said, "'Is not this great Babylon which I built "'for my honor and glory?' "'And the watcher spoke from heaven,' he said, The kingdom is taken away from you to the intent that the inhabitants of the earth might understand and realize that the heavens do rule in the kingdoms of men and God sets over them basis of men. So when chaos and crisis shows up like we're in now, we cannot lose our faith. We cannot... We cannot go wacko and go crazy and and try to second-guess God. Because when you read the book of Job, whether you believe this or not, the book of Job is all about Job discovering that he doesn't have all the answers and he's not as righteous as he thought he was. And that in order to get God's approval and God's righteousness, he had to be humbled. Because you cannot be exalted until you're first humbled. You cannot be promoted until somehow you realize, you know, I'm not as smart as I thought I was. I'm not as strong and as great as it was. Remember this, folks. One of the platforms that God chooses to talk to His people about is in a storm. In every storm in your life and my life, there is a door of discovery. There is a portal, a possibility that can happen. You can discover things, and I can too, about ourselves that we would never know was even there because... As long as you're not pressed it's dormant it's just kept underneath but when God puts us in this world when this chaos this crisis stuff will come out of us and it'll blow our minds but God is only trying to take us to his end consider the process Joseph had these dreams Joseph was hated by his brethren thrown in a pit sold as a slave sent down to Egypt becomes a a subject of Mrs. Potiphar's lust. He gets thrown in jail, he's innocent. All that was the process, but that wasn't the end of the Lord. The end of the Lord was to make him prime minister of Egypt and save Egypt and save the baby nation Israel. That's what God had in mind. Now, most of the time we'd like to just get to the end, but the Lord knows no, you're going to have to go through the process because the process is the discovery of ourselves as well as a discovery of god when the lord told them in matthew 14 to go over to the other side ahead of me okay this is powerful the bible said they were filled with fear the storm was too great for them they were terrified here he comes walking on the water because he always shows up in the storm because He can speak to you in the storm. And when you're not in a storm and everything seems to be going fine, sometimes we become very dull in our hearing and we're hearing the cash register, we're hearing the success, we hear everything, but but when the Lord decides, okay, I'm going to put you in a situation, it makes His voice clearer to us. It makes us understand. So in your storm, ask God to help you discover The door, the portal of possibility that God wants. Because when you read that, Matthew 14, it says they came back in the boat. Here's what it says. One of the few times you can find it anywhere in the New Testament. And they all on the boat fell down and worshipped him. Why? Because in the storm, they got a fresh revelation of how weak they were and how strong and great he was. And it caused worship. When you read that Matthew 14, it's mind-boggling me. There's three things that's powerful. Matthew 14 says, he fed all these thousands of people. He sent the multitude away. He went into the mountain to pray. Watch this. And he sent the church into a storm. He knew the storm was coming. He's God incarnate. He he knows the end from the beginning. The these are not as though they were. He knew they were going into a storm. But he deliberately let them go into it. Why? So that they could get a fresh revelation of him and their own weakness. And so right now it's a upheaval bunch of junk and we don't know where we're going. all these medical people god bless them they're trying everything they can to find a way to get us through this thing and i know if god wanted to he could snap his fingers and he could kill the whole virus and it'd be gone but there's the end of the lord and i don't know what it is but we need to ask god okay lord what are you trying to teach me in this what am i supposed to be because one of the ends of the lord is this we might be conformed To the image of Jesus Christ. Conformity requires pressure and molding and situations and circumstances. Remember, the end of the Lord for Abraham was not coming out of the Ur of the Chaldees. That was his first step. And it wasn't the fact that he had all these other issues that went on. No. The end of the Lord was when he could get to Moriah and have the faith and the trust and confidence in God that he then could offer Isaac. He could not have offered Isaac years before but it took almost 25 years of a process hey speaking of a process have you people ever watched a building under construction you ever watched it when they're repairing the highway how aggravated it is they close one lane and you got to wait for this guy with the flag and then you go around and why because the construction is aggravating the construction is inhibiting the construction is a pain in the neck but it's finished and you have the new paved road or you have the new erected building or the new item like a brand new vehicle that was the end that the architect the engineer the builder had in mind when he started building the facility well god has got something in mind he's got something purpose the end of the lord and so I pray that through this episode and this situation that, that you will not get frustrated and you'll not go questioning God. You read Job 41, 42, Job turns around and says, I spoke about things that I didn't understand. Because the Lord even challenged me, he said, Who is this that speaketh dark things without any understanding? Who, who is this? Let me say one more thing to you. That I think you need to understand. The book of Job is really not about Job. The book of Job is about the last two chapters and three chapters in Job when God takes the witness stand himself. He doesn't have anybody else testifying about him. He starts talking to Job and says, hey, where were you when I started this? Where were you when I hung the constellations? And he goes through the whole act of creation and the magnitude of how great he is is and has been. And all the things that he knows about the ostrich, the eagle, the hawk. He knows about goats that are on the mountains. He knows about all these things. And he so blew Job's mind away with how great he is and how much he knows and how righteous and good he is. Because one of the statements the Lord said to me he said, are you going to nullify my righteousness so you can be righteous? Are you going to nullify what I know so what little bit you know you can look good? And when he finally got finished with all those things that he asked Job about, where were you in this, when this happened, boom, boom, boom. Job turned around. He was so blown away, not with this problem. And by the way, God didn't give him one answer to his problem. He asked all kinds, hundreds of questions. God didn't answer any of the questions. Why? He's better than the answer, because he is the answer. And when he took the witness stand and he gave those hundreds of declarations of what he had done and who he was, Job was so humbled and overwhelmed, not by his situation, but by how great and wonderful God was, and he hadn't taken it into consideration. He turned around and said, I abhor myself, and I repent in sackcloth and ashes, and I put my hand on my mouth, and I will speak no more. You read the rest of that. After that happened, the Lord turned the captivity of Job. He gave him grace and strength to pray for his three friends, and then he turned around and gave him double what he had lost. That's the end of the Lord. He wanted to take Job to a place and he could survive the whirlwind and he could discover some stuff about himself. So while we're in this craziness, this virus thing, and all the that stuff that's happening, pray for all the people that are working in the medical field, the science field, and God bless them and give them insight and understanding. But at the same time, take a trip down memory lane and down the present lane and try to get some discovery what is God trying to show me about myself in this place and what is God trying to reveal to me through this episode because I am still going to come out of this like Job said he knows the way I take let me say one last thing to you because there's another thing I've never heard anybody preach on I'm sure they have I just haven't heard it sometimes when all hell and chaos breaks loose and we said where is God in all this I'll tell you where he is he's on the throne He's got his hand on the scepter. He's king of kings and lord of lords. But listen to what Job said. I have esteemed his word greater and more wonderful than my necessary food. I have kept my steps in alignment with what his commandments want to do. And yet, death broke loose. Sickness broke loose. Misunderstanding broke loose. And he said, and I've tried to live for God and walk with God and keep my spirit seen. Watch what Job said. But the thing which God has appointed unto me, that will he do. And many such things are with him. You have to believe that nothing comes to a child of God by accident. He has appointed it. Well, what our problem is, we don't understand the purpose behind the appointment. But God, remember, here's how, what? Here's how man starts. He has this, the beginning, the middle, and the ending. Not God. He starts from the end, works backwards through the middle, and gets to the start. Because he's already doing stuff from the end of the Lord, what he plans on accomplishing through the construction, through the restoration, through the land of discovery. So if I can just say something to you folks, I know it's rough, and I know people are losing their jobs and things are that. Fine. God has not changed his love or affection towards us. His eye is still on the sparrow. He has promised to keep us safe. So my last admonition to you people is what I do every day for you, for my grandson, for my daughter and her husband, for all the people in this church. Every day, I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to blanket us because nothing evil could happen to the people in Goshen. Even a dog wouldn't wag his tongue against the people in Goshen. But all those other judgments and chastisement diseases All came to Egypt. Not that we're better, we're just blessed. We've been baptized in Jesus name. The blood's been applied to us. So pray that God put his blood over us and protect us. And even then, if God in his appointment and his sovereignty turns around and lets you get the virus, or lets you get this, realize it didn't come because hell was in charge. It came because God gave divine permission. I hope I made some sense. God bless you. Have a great day. Praying for you. We appreciate you tuning in and invite you to review this podcast and share this episode on social media to help spread the good word.